Hey, hey, you gorgeous thing. Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We are at episode 79. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business, brand, and big idea. Welcome back. Welcome back. It is awesome to have you here. Welcome to another week. Can you believe that we're like almost midway, halfway, end of October? I saw somebody post on Insta the other day that was like 11 weeks until Christmas and I almost wanted to unfollow them if I'm honest. I'm like, I don't need to be reminded about those sorts of things. But yeah, the year is going, but that's all right. You've got to make the most of the time that you've got which is what I'm doing and I'm excited to be back in your earbuds or on your car stereo or wherever it is that you're listening Uh, and thanks for hanging out. But hey, if this is your first time here, then obviously I like to say hello. My name is Suze Chadwick. I'm your hostess with the most tests and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange. And I work with women in business to help you build a confidently bold brand, articulate a powerful message and attract the type of clients that you want to be working with so that you can play bigger and brand bolder. So that is what is happening. Now today I have got Lyndall from the podcast VA on the podcast. She's going to be launching her podcast soon. So many podcast words. Anyway, I have had quite a few people that I get lots of questions about the podcast, how I started, what to do, how to actually record all the rest of it and so I thought I would get the expert on because Linda was the one that actually helped me to launch my podcast which I have shared before and so we're going to be sharing some resources we're going to be talking about what you need to think about if you are planning on launching a podcast in 2020 I do share that it is one of the best things that I've done because hey I get to hang out with you and what's not to love about that Uh, But it's also been one of the best things I've done. And so I am going even bigger with the podcast next year. uh, It is like one of the cornerstones of my brand strategy. And I'm just going to be repurposing, doing more with it, getting more out of it. I have started a Insta handle, which is Brand Builders Lab, which you can go and check out. And we're going to be sharing all of the weekly podcast episodes on there with some audiogram snippets, as well as flashbacks to old episodes as well, so that you don't miss out on episodes that could potentially help you if you haven't gone back and listened to like the 78 other episodes (laughs) before this one. So... That's what's going to be happening. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, to yeah, getting more out of the podcast because it's just been so good. Now, the other thing that I wanted to let you know is that if you haven't joined the Brand Builders Lab podcast Facebook group, then make sure that you head over to Facebook and join the group because I'm going to start to do live Q&As on whatever the podcast topic is. So if you listen to the podcast, but then you've got additional questions, this is the perfect place for you to get the answers that you need. Uh, So make sure you head over. I am going to be doing a Facebook live there 
tomorrow. So the day that this podcast goes live, which is going to be the 17th of October. And if you've got any questions about the time management or even the podcast episode from today, then you can come and ask me any questions that you like and I'm going to be answering them because I love you and I love my podcast community. And so I really wanted to have an opportunity to go a bit deeper, answer any questions that you've got on the topics that we talk about so that we can connect even more and you can get more out of the podcast. Sound good? Awesome. Well, head over to Facebook and check out Brand Builders Lab podcast and it should come up and come and say hi. And hopefully I see you on our live, which will be around about 12 o'clock on the 17th of the 10th. But if you're listening to this after that date, then still come and join the group because I'm going to be doing weekly Facebook lives to hang out with you and answer your questions. But hey, let's not wait any longer. Let's dive into this week's episode. Lyndall, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I have been a big fan of your podcast, well, and of you for a long time. So it's so cool to be here. Oh, that's so good. But I kind of feel like you've been, you've been the one that's been with me since the beginning of this podcast, because (laughs) as my listeners may know, and I have said it before, is that you were the one that got me all set up. I was like, I got no idea what to do. And I just thought, I'm just going to give this a go and see. And I left all the tech stuff up to you. You did, you did. And I think if people are going to outsource any part of uh, launching their podcast is, is a good part to outsource because a lot of that setup just needs to be done once and you don't need to redo the steps. So I know and it was back in 2017, wasn't it? It was. It was November 2017, which is crazy because it's coming up to two years now and it really doesn't feel like that. But I have said it and I will continue to say it. It's been one of the best things I have done in my business, uh, which was starting the podcast. And I've just, it's given me so many opportunities and I've met so many new people through it. And it's been awesome. So thanks for setting me up. Oh, that's all right. No problems at all. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Now, I know that you are launching your podcast uh, next week. Now, I'm actually going to be releasing this the week that we are recording it. So mm-hmm. it is going to be on time. So uh, so what's the date next week? Is it the 21st? It is. Oh, no, the 21st of October. Monday. Yes. 2019. Yep. You're launching yours. So what's it called? It's called Podcasting Tips and Tricks with Lyndall oh. Harris. And, it. you know, I laugh because I've been in the podcast industry for three years now and I'm a little late to the game but you know that's just personal reason you know reasons for that and uh, I still think it's a good example that podcasting it's still a good time to launch a podcast so yeah, yeah can't wait to get late it out than there. Never. that's right that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> good well we are going to be talking today about how to launch a podcast some of the things to think about and do as well as some of the tips you've got for growing or scaling your podcast as well And I have to say, I do get a lot of questions on podcasting all the time. So I thought you would be the perfect person to have on today to answer some of those questions, but also to give some of your tips, because I know that quite a few of my community are thinking about launching a podcast. Uh, And so we're going to be diving into that today. But I thought before we kind of dive into those tips, how the hell did you get here? (laughs) 
Well, I started back as a VA in 2012 and I was offering content marketing and email marketing and helping people implement all those bits and pieces when I worked with a client in 2015 who launched the first podcasting conference here in Australia. And I loved listening to podcasts, but I had no idea how much work went into producing a podcast. And so I helped a couple of my clients at the time uh, who, when I was working with them doing their content marketing, do their podcast. And after a few conversations with my business bestie, um, she convinced me that niching was definitely the way to go. And nobody in Australia in the VA space had niched into podcast support at the time. So yeah, I did that, ripped that bandaid off of niching and I absolutely love it. I love podcasting. I love everything about it. So it made sense to sort of cross those to the virtual support and the podcasting and uh, set up a business for it. Amazing. I love that. And I mean, yeah, podcast VA as a uh, URL, Good one. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it doesn't feel like an exciting business name, but it's searchable and people actually search for a podcast VA. So yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's so that. good. That's so good. So what have you been seeing when it comes to podcasts in the market? So like you were just saying, it's still not a bad time to be launching a podcast. Obviously the people that have been doing podcasting for a while, it's been, I don't know, how long has podcasting been around like I feel like Pat Flynn's like or Amy and all of those ones they're like maybe five years or like it's oh, still yep. new it's well if technically it goes back to about 2004 oh wow so yeah it's it they have been around for a long time but I think if you look back at when businesses started to get into podcasting probably I'd say even longer than five years I'd say probably that's seven years or so. Wow. But when a lot of people got into the market three to five years ago, it was sort of a much quieter marketplace. So it wasn't quite as busy. There wasn't as much competition and they really sort of were uh, ahead of the game getting into it. So nowadays it is, it, it is very busy. Like I think um, one of the stats that came out of the ABC uh, Ozpod last week was that there's 741,600 podcasts in Apple Podcast Directory. But if you look at how many blogs are out there, like that's actually not a massive number to compete with. And so what they're saying is it's still, even though it's technically been around for 15 years or so, it's still a really young industry and, it's, and, and it shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't be stopping to think that it's not worth getting into um, and certainly with Google Voice Search, uh, it, it's really changing the market again. So um, I would say that even though you might feel like like I do, like you're a bit late to the game, it's to, not too late to start if you really sit down and work out how it can work for, and I'm really talking about small business podcasts here, um, how it can work to align with your brand and your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a couple of things is that one like I only got into it two years ago and like I said, it's been the best thing that I've done. I think that if you 
Do you want to be either a thought leader or you want to share your expertise and you want to grow your brand and your audience? It is one of the best things that you can do. That's what I've found. And my audience is global, which I kind of blows my mind a little bit. And I just think that if you, like with everything in business, if you just are consistent, you keep showing up, you provide really great value, really good content, then you'll find your audience. So you're not looking for everybody. You're just looking for your people. So I just think don't let the stats deter you because I think that even if you did a, like even if you did a podcast and you had a small community, but they were diehards, like that's amazing as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you hear people say, you know, if you, if you only got 50 downloads per episode and you know, I'm not suggesting that's a bad number or a good number, but you, would you be happy to stand in front of a room of 50 people and talk to them every week? And that's sort of one way to, to view it. Cause you do hear about podcasts that get thousands of downloads or tens of thousands of downloads per episode, but those numbers really don't matter so much as long as it's meeting your objective. And as you said, I mean, there's so many different reasons to get into podcasting. It might be to build that brand awareness or build that authority and the trust um, with your audience. So just knowing what that purpose is and then going into it with that in mind. So it's like some of my clients don't even really aren't doing it for brand awareness, but they're doing it as a way to give the content to their audience in a different way. So yeah, knowing that that purpose is really important. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's dive in. So I know that quite, like I said, quite a few of my audience are either thinking of, well, they are thinking of starting a podcast. So what are some of the key things that you think they need to be thinking about maybe before they start or in that beginning stage? Yeah, absolutely. The number one thing that they need to stop and think about is why are you doing this? Knowing that purpose that we were just talking about, because it's really easy to sort of jump on that sort of bandwagon of podcasting is the thing to do and it's really growing and I should do it. But when you start, pull out a microphone and start recording, if you haven't got that purpose and that strategy down pat, then it can very easily sort of go off on strange tangents. And, and yeah, just knowing that are your audience listening to podcasts and you can find reports. There's the ABC reports. There's um, the infinite dial is another report from Edison research. Have a look and see if your target audience are listening to podcasts and then know what message you're going to share. Know, sit down and strategize what it's going to look like. Is it going to be solo shows? Is it going to be interviews? How long are those shows going to be? And really nut out that purpose and strategy before you even think about going and buying any equipment to start. Yeah. And I have to say just on that as well, I, uh, so I've used Camtasia for a long time for video before I was podcasting. And about four years ago, I bought a blue snowball mic Mm -hmm. and I have literally been using that up until a couple, like a week or two ago where I went and invested in a Rhodes podcaster mic. Um, I use my snowball and I just think, You know, I was like, okay, it's been two years. I probably feel like I'm committing to this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm all in. Yeah, but I just think start where you are. Like, you know, even Erica, who's the queen of confidence, she's got a ridiculously huge following. She records them in her car with her headphones. Now, let's, you know, maybe that's not where you want to start, but it could be. The point is, is that, you know, you want to, you don't have to go crazy 
and have all of the gear and the rigs to start this. Like no. just start where you are and get a feel for it and know yeah. if it's what you want to do. Because I always joke around and say that when I started mine, I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I was like, I'm That's like, a I'm, mistake. Just gonna, I'm just going to record some. I'm going to see if I like it. I'm going to see if it works because I didn't want to like make a big show about it and then be like, I hate this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of just, I started small really, but yeah, oh, knowing your funny. purpose is good. That's actually funny. I've, I've, that would probably be not something I would suggest to someone who wants to launch, but, um, but it's really interesting that you say that because you can start a podcast for nothing, next to nothing. I would suggest to most people at least go and buy a USB microphone. You can use the, the earpods, and I know that Erica has got an amazing, really loyal following, um, but my suggestion would be at least go and buy if you've got $100 to invest, all you need to get is a USB microphone. Be aware of the space that you're going to record in usually. So if you're in a, you know, if you're in a living room that's got tiles and high ceilings and floor to ceiling glass windows, then you know your space is going to be echoey and go and talk to the person you're buying the microphone from. Um, I did a, uh, a, a bit of a survey in my group recently and asked, if you listen to a podcast, what is the reason you wouldn't subscribe to it? And the number one thing that people said was the audio quality. So it's a bit of a balance of getting started, but also making sure that at, at the very least, if you could get a microphone, that's a, a good start. Certainly don't start by recording into your phone with no microphone and, and, and just sort of putting it out there without any branding on it or anything like that. But yeah. no, yeah. absolutely. And, um, and I just sold my snowball on eBay this week for like $50. So, I mean, even if you were looking on eBay or going to JB Hi-Fi or whatever it is, there are really, like, they're so affordable now. Like, I think I paid over a hundred or a couple of hundred four or five years ago for that. But now you can get a really good USB mic for not a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I bought my first uh, USB mic three years ago and it was the um, Audio-Technica ATR2100 that everyone recommends or, or, you know, it's recommended a lot in the podcasting yeah. community and it was about $180, $160 and I think you can pick them up now for about $85. So it, it, it is quite affordable and I think if you're going to take that step into podcasting, that is one piece of equipment I would invest in the the rest of the equipment i would say don't invest in until you get into it and you know that you absolutely love it because unfortunately there still is that stat that a lot of people get into podcasting and then they stop after i don't know six to ten episodes so you don't want to go and spend eight hundred to a thousand dollars on all this fancy equipment and then go actually i really hate podcasting it's not yeah. for me yeah well that's the interesting thing as well so i mean how can people like, what do you think is the best way for people to know if this is for them or not? That's a good question. Um, I think possibly guesting on other people's shows. See, be a guest if you can and see if you enjoy talking to a microphone or a lot of people find it a little bit awkward at first. So I'd say see if you can guest on a few shows, see if you like it. And I think the other thing is know if your audience wants a podcast or not because quite often your audience would will let you know whether they would listen to audio and if they're asking for it then 
I know a lot of people might not want to start because they don't like the sound of their own voice or they've got imposter syndrome, uh, which I totally understand. But if your audience is asking for it, then definitely put it out there. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, is that if there are other podcasts that are on similar topics to what you talk about, then you probably know that there is an audience out there for it. So, you know, obviously your audience may want want it, but you may also be able to grow a different audience if that topic is of interest. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. That's I think right. I mean, you guesting just... is a great tip. Yeah, well, guesting is actually um, uh, something that you should do if you're looking to grow your show as well. So, getting a feel for whether you like podcasting and you like the audio. Um, just the audio sort of sphere. And then also if you've got a show, continue to guest on other people's shows as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, I've got a big goal this year to be on lots of shows. So uh, I'm even speaking to somebody about them pitching me so that it's something like, I just don't have a lot of time to do it. So even looking at that is a, is a good thing. But I think the other thing just around knowing whether you really like it or not. I mean, I started my podcast out of necessity because we I was on a building site. We were in a reno, but I just recorded three or four episodes and got a feel for it before we, because I know that obviously when you help somebody to launch or to set them up, then normally you start with a few episodes. Do you want to just talk about why you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you said, like, I think it's really important if you're nervous um, to practice, just put the microphone on and record, record a couple of episodes, record the one episode over and over. Uh, so I know when I recorded my first episode, I felt that my energy wasn't high enough. And so I recorded a whole episode, re-listened to it and thought, yeah, not really into it stood up and recorded it again and it was completely different. So practicing and, and getting used to the sound of your own voice and getting used to the tone and everything will help you come across more confident. But I think the other thing to think about, and, and I always laugh and I've helped lots of clients launch their podcast over the last few years. So I know a lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice, um, but it's really just that case of getting it out there and just keeping on going. Because even when you listen to Pat Flynn or someone like that, they hate their first episodes and they cringe when they say they go back and listen to it. But that's how we learn and that's how we get better. So don't let that stop you. Yeah, absolutely. I said to my hubby the other day, I'm so immune to the sound of my own voice now because I have to listen back to my own videos for my course. I've got to listen back to the podcast when I'm editing. So it's just, I've just become a bit numb to it. Um, but I can hear when my energies are up and down. You're so right. So I think it is good to think about like how you want to come across and maybe how you perform best. Like, so if I'm doing live video, I usually stand when I'm podcasting, I do sit. Uh, but I just think you've got to work that out for yourself too. Like how yeah. do you bring the energy that you want to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so true. So I'm sitting down for this one because we're on camera, but I also know, as you say, you've got to just bring that extra energy and just know, whereas if I hadn't recorded a few first, then I might not know that. So it's yeah. just get that microphone on, record, go through, listen to things and, and kind of learn from that. Yeah, awesome. Any other tips when launching or when you're thinking about starting? Um. One other thing I would say is um, don't be scared that it's too technical because so often I talk to people and they think, oh gosh, there's no way I could do that. But 
if you break it down and get a microphone and work out, find out the information, whether you do training or whether you find resources to help you um, work out how to do it, it's actually not too technical or difficult once you start. So just break it down and make a start and just start recording and then realise that, yes, at first it might seem like this mountain to climb, this massive mountain to climb, but it, it, once you start doing it, it actually becomes quite straightforward. There is a lot of work that goes into it, but the actual steps you get to know. Yeah, it's hard until it's easy. It's like, you know, and I also think when you don't know how to do something, you do build it up to be something really big. Like I get so many questions like how many hours does it take you and what's the technical requirements? And I'm like, <laughs> I just hit record and start talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I've kind of got like, I've got my uh, main files in Camtasia. So I've got my intro, my outro music, and then I've just got the file in between. And then I just produce it. And there might be a little bit of editing here and there, but it's pretty minimal. So I know that there are some people that do take hours with it. Mm. And maybe they do research and all of that. But I think because I do do a lot of solo episodes, but even with my interviews, like I just, we agree on what we're going to talk about. I say to you, what are some of these, the tips around these questions? And then we just have a conversation. So I also think don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's so interesting because there's different, um, there's different editing styles. As you say, there's put the intro and outro on and delete any errors that are in there or maybe add in a sponsor ed ad or maybe put a little bit of music in behind it and then run it through some technical steps. And then there's people then who go for a really comprehensive style of editing where they will listen to everything. They'll take every um and r out and they'll content cut it. And that's fine, but you're right. It does take the time is just so different. If you want to do it that style, usually that is taking you around three times longer than the recording. So if you've had an interview for 45 minutes, then it's going to take you two and a quarter hours roughly to edit that if you really want to go through and, and make it sound really crisp. Whereas I think for the solo podcasters and the indie podcasters, you know, the quality is important. Absolutely. But I don't think that we need to spend the hours that, you know, some of the bigger, um, publishing houses or podcast networks have have resources that they can really invest in in producing their shows like that whereas i don't think we need to get hung up on overly producing the show yeah i agree and i just think that once you start to do it you'll get your little you know intros and outros and like you can create all of that so that you make it an easier process for yourself too. Like I, you know, I've got my intro that I've pre-recorded and I just drop in every time and things like that. And you'll learn, I think it's something that you can learn quickly how to do, but I think what I'd say is just don't overcomplicate it because I think, you know, you can make it a lot harder for yourself than it needs to be. Yep, absolutely. Just work out, work out your workflow, work out how it'll work and your steps, systemize it, make it easy for yourself, but don't stop because you think it's too technical. That's just my, like, it's really yeah. not too technical. Once you start, you'll see. And if you don't overcomplicate it with lots of, you know, equipment, because <laughs> yeah. some, some of the mixes and what have you can, can really sort of put you off too. So it's not scary once you start. 
Yeah. Awesome. And I think just the other thing with that is uh, just around maintenance or producing. And I know that you offer this and you do this as well is, you know, I record it and then my VA like does all of the, like she uploads it into Wishka and I know you do this for clients as well. And she creates the images and she goes and puts it on the website. So all I have to do is record it, (laughs) which is, which is nice as well. So I think it's just, you know, um, I think if you are really time poor, then you can always outsource that to someone like Lyndall uh, to be able to support you to do all those extra little bits and pieces just to get it out there. But once they've launched, what are a few things that we can start to do to get some traction and grow the podcast as well? Because obviously that's why we're doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well like I mentioned before, the number one uh way to grow your audience is to guest on other shows. So work out who's got a similar target audience, um, who's got a similar shows or, you know, who, who would be a good fit and then go and guest on their shows as well. And there's guest swapping opportunities that you can have there. So that would be, um, as I say, that's the biggest growth strategy that a lot of podcasters are ta- or, or is spoken about in the podcasting industry. I think there's just so many other little tips that can be um, that you need to take into account. So be consistent. So letting so your audience is set up to know that you've you've you're putting out a weekly podcast. Don't don't just then drop it out every ten days or push it out to two weeks without at least framing it first. So if that is the case, you know if something happens in your life and you can't get your weekly episodes out, that's okay. But be consistent and then just explain why. If, if you come back after two weeks, you might just sort of explain that. But if there is no consistency, it, it's hard to sort of build that, um, that following. And on saying that, um, I speak to people who sometimes want to start doing a podcast once a month. That really isn't going to gain any traction. It's not enough. I would say at the very minimum, you want to be doing one every two weeks, so fortnightly. Yeah, I remember, and I think I've said this before as well, is that I was doing it fortnightly when I started because I had commitment issues with my podcast. <laughs> um, and, uh, but then Amy Porterfield said she saw the biggest difference when she went to weekly. And I'm like, if it's good enough for Amy, it's good enough for me. So I started doing my weeklies. And it was, it was really, I think it also um, gives me a reason to email my subscribers with fresh new content every week. So that was another bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it, promotion is another big thing that I was going to talk about next, which is we so often as podcasters, you can put an episode out and then just think, oh, well, it's out there and it's out there to the world. But that promotion and that marketing piece around your podcast is so important and it's got to be every single time you release one. So you might, again, you might systemize it where you know, I'm going to have three Facebook posts per episode. It's going to go once on my page, um, you know, the day it's released, then I'm going to do it the week after. And then I might push it out three weeks later and I might put it into a scheduler like Meet Buffer or something so that it can continue to come out at other times if it's evergreen. Um, knowing your Insta stories, your Instagram posts, how many times you're going to put it on Twitter and are you going to put it on LinkedIn and are you emailing it to your audience? Just be really clear about how you're going to promote it and make sure you do that for every episode. So um, some people will send it out every week to their, so if they've got a weekly 
podcasts, they might send it via email every week. Others will say, I don't want to email them every week, but I want them to have the content. So they might email once a month and put all of the episodes in that email. So it's just knowing that putting it out there and then doing a Facebook post, one Facebook post is just not enough to really be marketing it properly. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I have to say that this is something that I'm looking at for my brand strategy for next year too, is I've sort of written a list where I'm like, okay, where is the podcast going and where else could it be going? We were literally just talking about this before we started is that I'm like, whenever I record, like I record all of my podcasts on Zoom. So I always do the video. I'm like, why am I not? And I did use the video on YouTube when I first started. And then I was like, oh, it's too hard. But I'm like, okay, so outsource that. And so that you're not missing that as a channel when you've got the content. And then something else I'm doing is that I've got somebody doing multiple audiograms on a single episode for IGTV and Insta stories and the feed. Uh, And then like part of my list is create some uh, quote captions for Insta feed as well. So just brainstorming like, with this one episode, where like are all the places it could be? LinkedIn is another one we need to do more on. Um, and then I'm also going to take some of my most popular ones and I'm going to start to do Facebook and Instagram ads into the US, the UK and Asia. Because yeah, I'm like, yeah, like I want to grow my podcast audience and my brand in those regions. So that's just like a really soft in yeah. to people getting to know me. But it's a massive part of my brand strategy for next year is the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. I love to hear that you've got this piece of content that you can repurpose in so many different ways. And YouTube's a great idea, um, especially if you are recording the videos, because as you say, it's just another channel. Like you might not get your, your highest numbers from there, but it's still, if you find that people are watching the videos, then why not put them there? And it's better to put your video recording of your interview there than it is to create an audiogram of your whole podcast episode because YouTube doesn't really see that as a a real video. And so they don't really sort of like to necessarily push that into, into a feed, but um, audiograms is another great way to, yeah, definitely be taking some of those snippets from the episode and highlighting it in your marketing as well. Yeah. Uh, And so I use headliner. Do you know any other audiograms or do you use any other audiograms that we can drop in? The yeah, headliner is the one that I usually use as well. Uh, that is the, the one, the reason I like that is because it was probably one of the first ones where you could use multiple images and the other ones you just used one image. So um, uh, wave is another one, W A W V E. Um, and some of your hosts now are, allow you to take the snippets and create them that way as well. So have a look in your hosting platform and see, um, I know Omni Studio are affiliated with Headliner, so you can do it within the hosting, you can do it within Bushka, and I'm sure you can do it within a lot of other hosts as well. Okay, great. What else do we need to think about or what else can we be doing to grow our audience or our exposure? Um, I think, think of other ways that you can be using your content as well. So we've talked about repurposing it and marketing it, you know, 
start to think a little bit outside the box of how you can be using it in maybe in email sequences after people have opted in or, um, you know, if they've opted into a certain thing, are there specific podcast episodes that you can drip to them that are related to that particular topic? So just um, thinking outside the box. And as you said, like really brainstorming and strategizing to get out as much as you can out of each episode. Now, um, there's show notes and transcription as well. Um, transcription is a real balancing act, I find, but you have some podcasters who will transcribe the whole episode to put it onto their website for SEO. And some people will be writing the show notes, which is different to transcriptions in that the show notes are kind of like a bit of a teaser or an outline as to why someone would listen to the show rather than sort of a different way of consuming the content. So just thinking about all of the possible um, ways that you can be providing your audience with the best value. Yeah. Awesome. I, uh, and I just kind of think you spend so much time and effort uh, putting it all together. You want to get the most out of it. So I think really sitting down and working that out um, will probably make you feel more in control of it as well. Like you're not just creating it, putting it out there and then crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. You actually have <laughs> a strategy around it, which, you know, can obviously mean that you can get more listens and downloads and, you know, reach the audience that you really want to as well. Yeah. Yep, and and put it into your project management. Well, if you use a project management tool, put it into that so that you know when every episode goes, you need to get it transcribed. You need to create three audiograms. You need to create five Facebook posts, a LinkedIn post, and, and cross it off. And whether it's a project management tool or a checklist that you have for every episode that you tick off, um, that will be uh, just. It just takes the fatigue and the, the you don't have to think about oh my gosh what do I have to do again it's just there and you just cross it off every single time and you know that you're also marketing it consistently yeah awesome any other tips Linda um I, I didn't think know how I didn't know how many you had so <laughs> that's okay that's that's about it I mean the other thing that you can think of too is collaborations and whether you can do some cross show promoting with other podcasters uh so that's something to be aware of as well but that's probably that they're the yeah they're the tips that I I think are important to help grow your show Cool. I'm actually looking, I've had a few questions on Insta stories. So I'm just taking a quick look at if we've answered those. So Ileana from Star by Ileana is thinking of starting her podcast. Uh, and she's asked, uh, how do I prepare for mine each week? So how do you prepare for yours, Lyndall? I, well, I like to, if I can sort of have it outlined. I'm not a, uh, fly by the seat oh, yeah, I will be when I get a little bit more confident with my own show but if if people give me an outline roughly of the questions or the topics that they want to cover and some podcasters do provide that in detail others sort of just give it an outline but it's nice as a guest to get that for me I outline my shows I do spend a little bit of time you know creating the dot points to make sure that I cover all of the, all of the topics for the show. Uh, and then I, um, I have a checklist that I run through. So it's things like, uh, turn the phones off. <laughs> but do you, Lyndall? Lyndall's <laughs> <laughs> phone went off during this podcast. <laughs> She's like, sorry. Oh, no, 
and it was a landline, so I couldn't turn it off. But anyway, I, I, I pull it out next time. Learned that lesson. But it's things like, have you got pets if you need to put dogs or cats outside? Um, you know, turn off dishwashers, turn off fans. Have the, have the checklist that you just go through. If you're going into Zoom or you're going into your software, make sure that you've selected the right microphone. I mean, I have worked with lots of clients who podcast all the time and then randomly they'll be like the wrong microphone was selected. And so they've got their mic sitting in front of them that they think they're recording into, but it's actually like under the desk and in the laptop and it's really, really silent. So just those little things that you can have on a checklist. And again, just, just look at it and tick it off and go, yep, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. And I'm, and hit record. Like if you, if you're a man, I know I'm always looking in the top left-hand corner of Zoom because <laughs> that's where the record is. But I still stress about it. Like we're actually, I'm recording this on my phone as well. I always, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't, I think I've only had a stuff up on Zoom maybe once, uh, but <laughs> I'm just like, oh, what if it doesn't record? It's like my worst nightmare. If, you, uh, if so, you're recording with a podcaster as well, you can ask them to record at their end so that even if it was a bad line on the internet, you could get the two tracks and, and align that's them. That's a really good tip, actually. I might get that. I might say that as well. So if I'm ever staffed, then they've got it too. But I think that that's a good, good idea. I prepare. Um, I just write out bullet points. So sometimes I'll write out more, uh, but I'm just conscious that whatever I'm writing out will be my show notes. So, you know, that's how I think about it too, is that if I do write bullet points, then I will use rev.com to do the automated transcription, which they've got now, which is 10 cents for five minutes, which is just crazy. And it's pretty good. Like I'd say, like I read through it and make sure, and they kind of highlight words that look like it may not be right. So you just go and look at that and then you can take out the ums and ahs. But that's only just new. I only just saw that in the last couple of weeks that I've been using yeah, that for transcriptions. Um, and then, yeah, and then normally I will just write some bullet points to the guest around what we're going to be talking about. But they normally give me the bullet points around what tips mm-hmm. so that because obviously they're the expert, so they're yep. gonna they're gonna yep. give me the tips as well. I Any like other how you dudes? said. Sorry, I like how you said there too. It's like you can use those dot points. Like it's you know you might sort of look at it as another step, but you can really easily then turn them into the dot points of your show notes. So that's sort of streamlining it a little bit there too. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, although I haven't, I've kind of switched this off. So I did have a uh, where you could apply to be on the podcast on my website and I just had a form that people could fill out and it had like all of their social details, what they would share with my audience and then also for them to provide any links of where they've been on other podcasts before if I didn't know them so that I could go and listen to see whether they were the right vibe for my audience and whether I feel like I can have a good conversation with them as well. Cause I think that how you bounce off your guests is really important. Like you don't want it to be awkward. I mean, that's yeah. not right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and automating as much as you can, like having that online booking system, automating the emails that follow up, asking for those 
those links and asking for the headshot and the bio and anything else you want to include, it just saves that backward and forward and it knocks out another step in the process. So uh, yeah, I think that's really, I, I really like the idea actually of going and listening to other podcasts that they've been on. So I do. Well, if I don't know the person, mm. then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you're good enough for my audience or not. <laughs> so, so I go and I listen to them and I have to be honest, the other thing that I do, okay, I'm giving you my inside scoop now. The other thing I do is that I do go and look at their socials. Like I look at their website. I'm like, does your brand align with mine? Like, am I, am I proud to like pitch you and present you as a brand and as a person that I think is a leader or a thought leader or somebody who's like really good. And so because I'm a branding person, like that's really important to me. And so I want to know that, yeah, I'm speaking to awesome people who are, who really know their stuff. So I do go and listen to other podcasts that they've been on. I may not listen to the whole thing, but I might listen mm-hmm. to 10 minutes. Uh, and then I'll go look at their website. I'll go look at their socials and I'll be like, okay, do do they come across to me as somebody who's like a, a leader or who really knows their stuff yeah. as well? You don't want to have someone on your show that does not align with your brand at all because then it just becomes awkward to tell them that you you're not publishing the episode. So so I've never done that, but I feel like I've always known the, or yeah, like known the person or known enough yep. to know you've that. done that bit would. of, you've put the time in before you've done the recording to know that. Yeah. So another thing on that actually, that's just made me think. So do you have a doc that your guests sign that like releases that that says that they're happy for you to release it. So I've seen more, um, not maybe not. Le- I don't know if it's a legal doc or if it's. I'm yeah. Have you? Yeah. Do you have that? Or um, have your clients had that? I think I know some of my clients do use a, a waiver, um, yes. but a lot of podcasters don't. I think it depends on what field you're in. What. Um, you know, certainly if, if you were, yeah, I think it definitely depends on the field that you're in and who you're talking to. You can get them. I think you can do a Google search and find them. So if you want to have that as part of your podcast process. So what's the benefit? Oh, look, to be honest with you, I personally, I don't know. I wouldn't use one or I don't, use one at this mm. stage in mine but I think I, I thinking of one client who does use them and she works with private clinicians and what have you so I think for her it's covering um, that they won't be you know using any private information and they won't be giving out they won't be talking about things that uh, that they don't want to be talking about and then they give consent well, they but be. to be honest with you I'm not I, I yeah. should no, probably that's okay. know more about it. It just, yeah. it just made me think about it when you said that because I do know I have heard of podcasters that do use waivers or release forms just mm-hmm. saying that the person is happy for them to use the uh, use the audio and that they own the audio and things like that. So if you're interested in that, you can go and read up on it and check it out. Lyndall and I don't use it. <laughs> yeah, sorry but... <laughs> about that. <laughs> you can certainly find information on yeah. it. You know, there's lots of information on it and you can ask in, in groups and forums and people will be able to tell you the benefits and whether you think you have to have them. But certainly not all podcasters are using them. 
Yeah. And just on that, so I really like the She Podcasts uh, Facebook community. There's, I don't know, like 100,000 people in there. But also, what's your Facebook group, Lyndall? Uh, my Facebook group is the Australian Podcasters Collaborative. So I'm, I am starting to have people come in from overseas as well. So at the moment, it's called the Australian Podcasters Collaborative, but we might expand, might change. might change that name. But yeah, I'd love to welcome in anybody who's a podcaster or who's even just thinking about starting a podcast. Yeah, because I think it's really good to kind of be in those communities because you get to ask questions. You can do guest post, like guest podcast swaps, things like that. So I think just you know, even when I was looking at upgrading my mic, I went and asked, I you know, in different groups about it just to see what people said um other questions that eliana had was do you pay those who you interview the answer is no i don't uh and i just think it's it is a marketing opportunity to it is a collaboration and a marketing opportunity for you to get in front of somebody else's audience so i think that all a lot podcasters understand that yeah, and most podcasters go with that theory. I do know of some that have had paid guests on their show. Not a lot, but it's 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 a way of monetizing their show. And I guess if they've got a huge audience and someone wants to pitch to them to be on the show, then some podcasters are uh, will sort of have a, a fee for that. But as no, as ninety nine percent or ninety eight percent of podcasters aren't charging their guests, as you say, it's a marketing opportunity. So you're you're potentially being shown to a whole new audience. So no, a lot of people aren't paying to be on shows either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think just the last one was how to get in contact with them. And for me, uh, I normally, if I'm hitting somebody up, I've normally built a relationship with them already, potentially on Instagram or somewhere else. Uh, I've met them at a conference or so I just, I met Omar from Webinar Ninja at Click Engage Convert recently, and I'm going to be on the $100 MBA, which is their show. And he's going to come on to mine. So, you know, it can be new relationships, but once again, it's about the vibe. Like I'm like, I want people who have got good energy and great content and are really great speakers and can, you know, share good things. So I think it's just having those conversations and sort of saying, hey, you know, this is what my podcast is about. I think you'd be awesome because of these reasons. And I think my audience would really love you. Are you happy to come on? Once again, don't overcomplicate things. Yep. Absolutely. And use your online marketing tools to start building that relationship with them so that you can be on Insta stories and Instagram and LinkedIn and, and just start building those conversations with people if you want to reach out and ask them on your show so that even when you do send them a, a pitch to be on your show, then they've heard of you. Your name is not completely cold. I think that's a really good tip. And I think I got that from one of your previous episodes, which was amazing about your podcast guesting. So it was episode 72, building your email list by pitching to podcasts with May Kay saying so that was the episode and yeah there were some really good tips on how to pitch to podcasts so i'll put that in the show notes as well but yeah i think just be human be normal just reach out to people like be you know tell them what your podcast is about and kind of you know who your audience is because i think that's really important i want to know if i'm going to be on somebody else's podcast like who's their audience is this relevant for me as well so i think just have a think about that but 
Yeah. That's it. And what value can you add to their audience? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Lyndall, I'm pretty sure that we've solved all of the podcasting world's issues <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> we've answered all of the questions Absolutely. that you could possibly have about <laughs> podcasting. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting that you're launching yours. So congrats. I can't wait Thank to you. listen to it. And obviously if you're wanting to launch a podcast, then you will definitely want to be listening to Lyndall's podcast when it launches. And I will uh, make sure that I've got the link to that in the show notes, even if you are listening to this and maybe a week later, because it's not live just yet when this episode comes out, but it will be the following week. Uh, but for those who want to find out more about you, Linda, where's the best place for them to follow you, connect with you? Yep. So if you head over to the website, podcastva.com, I have my social links on there, mainly Facebook and in the group, Australian Podcasters Collaborative, and on Instagram as well. And just if anybody is thinking about launching a podcast, I am also about to launch some training. So we're going to have two sort of service streams where we have a done for you and a DIY um, element of that as well. Fantastic. And like I said, Lyndall did launch me and help me to get everything set up. So can't recommend her highly enough and really sorted me out and meant that I wasn't dealing with all of the stuff where I'm like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> so yeah, so good. But thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Suze. How good was that? Yeah, hopefully we answered loads of your questions that you've had about podcasting. Uh, if you've got any other questions, then definitely either send a DM to Lyndall or myself. She's at Podcast VA on Instagram. Uh, but we'll also, as I said at the beginning, we're going to be doing Facebook Lives in the Brand Builders Lab uh, Facebook group to take the conversation a little bit further, answer any more questions that you've got as well so that, you know, we can obviously help you to launch this podcast, get better at time management, build a better brand, whatever the topic is. I'm super keen to obviously continue to support you. So thanks so much for hanging out. Always love hanging out with you. Um, and I've got some really awesome episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. I had uh, Troy McKinna, who was the author or is the author of Brand Hustle, which is a, a book that I've been talking about for a while now. I interviewed him today. So that episode is going to be coming up. And yeah, if there's any thing that you want me to be talking about, then just let me know because as you know, this podcast is for you. So if you let me know what it is you're looking for, what you'd like more info on, then I am here for you. But thanks so much for listening and being here. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, I would love you to share it on the gram in stories, share it with your friends, share it wherever you would like to. I'd love you to leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you like to listen to this podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you don't miss out. I would so appreciate it. And you can obviously hang with me on all social platforms at Suze Chadwick. But you know, I love stories. But until next time, you amazing, incredible, fab, tabulous person, lady, man, whoever you are, because I know that I got some dudes hanging out with me as well as all the ladies. Have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold. <laughs>